to quote Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Most people think that if someone's successful, they've had everything going their way. My intent this season is to get my guest leaders to share their honest experiences, not only around leadership, but also around wellness. I've spent 14 years in the corporate jungle with IT behemoths like IBM, SAP, Wipro and GBM in Dubai and the last six founding and building B2C startups. I'm Kaushik Bose and welcome to The Brain Box. Keeping in mind the theme of this season, wellness, it was indeed a pure coincidence that I read a very interesting post on the theme on the very first day of the year. So I'm delighted to host Tamojit Roy, who's quite the consultant, currently with PwC Dubai. He's also ex-Accenture. He's been in leadership roles across real estate, infrastructure, and consumer goods after passing out of IM Bangalore. A very warm welcome to the show, Tamojit. Hi, Kaushik. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. So Hope you I've... had a great start to the new year. Absolutely. Thanks so much. So first of all, let's start right from there, uh, your new year post. Uh, so... How was 2022 for you? Well, 2022 was a mixed bag for me. I started off the year not really ever even imagining that within a span of say about four months, I'd have to relocate from a position which I which I thought was uh, a position of strength. I was doing quite well. I was head of strategy reporting to the CEO and MD at Minds Life Spaces. Mindra Life Spaces, as you know, is the real estate and infrastructure division of the larger Mindra group. Right. In that position, I was able to create massive impact, not just within the company, but I was also getting significant exposure to the larger Mindra group. Believe it or not, I was in direct conversations with the Mindra group MD, Dr. Anisha, once to twice every month. And mm-hmm. it was around this time that my wife actually cracked a wonderful uh, role here in Dubai within her company. And um, we decided with a two-year role, there was absolutely no way that we were allowing the family to live in separate places. So I said, okay, let's start looking at opportunities. Mm-hmm. I started looking at opportunities. And uh, at that point in time, I really thought that getting into a tech mobility role as global head of sales strategy seemed like a fantastic idea and uh, I accepted an offer from Swivel. Mm -hmm. Swivel had only recently listed themselves on NYSE and they'd been uh, crowned as as an unicorn. So it all looked really nice and rosy back in March 2022. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, it couldn't get any better. We were just counting our blessings, being super thankful for the opportunities that we got. Mm-hmm. Landed here in Dubai early May 2022, started at Swivel. My wife joined her firm, her new role within her old firm. And lo and behold, 21 days into my up into my new job at Swivel, I was told that I am being laid off with, I think, about 500 other people Mm -hmm. it obviously came in as a very rude shock but then we realized that there was no way of going back we we'd made the investments to move cities we'd made the investments to leave our old lives and made the promise of starting a new one here with new objectives 
both financial career with a son in tow we decided that we'd give him his start of education in an international setup and so going back was never an option and my wife had already made that shift uh, from one territory to another so i said okay let's rebuild it here started looking out did a contractual uh, stint with uh, with an e-commerce firm so re- real estate mobility tech e-commerce and continued looking for that steady opportunity and then pwc happened joined pwc in october and i believe the year ended on a pretty pretty good note so that is how 2022 was really nice especially with dubai of course they have the regulations with the visa and all that also so it's not like you can even just it's like in india that you can even switch cities so it's a much bigger project there so, it is it is but i do i i need to acknowledge the fact and i need to acknowledge it now because of all the other layoffs that are happening and we're hearing about how twitter laid off people but they did not pay the severance to those mm-hmm. that were laid off 2 months ago thankfully in our case uh, i'm actually quite grateful to the founders of swivel for having stood by their word in every sense they gave us uh, you know their severance but they also ensured that they continued to support the visas they continued to sponsor the visas of all affected employees throughout the through the end of 2022 which meant that they actually gave everyone the chance to keep looking for jobs for seven odd months six to seven months Ooh, and nice. uh, it it was highly appreciated nevertheless you know irrespective of the fact that we were all laid off but that's the least that they could have done and i thought they did well on that count yeah true true that's very true so uh, you in the post of course you mentioned uh, four life lessons uh, the first of course and that's why i'm going to follow that train of thought i think your linkedin message was one of the best i've read so uh, the first of course that you had mentioned was that you should invest in humility and self awareness when the going is good so mm-hmm. can you just elaborate a bit on that no thank you for saying that you liked the message um i literally wrote it in the middle of the night um 31st 30th night i remember it's just a moment of reflection you have those right for the mm. years coming to an end what's the year been like and the words just came to me if you look up linkedin i haven't been particularly active since i you know lost the job at swivel it's been a little bit of an emotional turmoil so i didn't really know what to write and there were so many other people who were actually losing jobs left right and center all around me the tech world was in a meltdown i didn't know what to do with that Mm-hmm. so i kind of recused myself for linkedin for extended periods of time and then here was this absolute sort of train of thoughts that wouldn't stop themselves and i said okay then we put it out there it needs to it needs to go so on the first point really invest in humility i you know all of this is basically hindsight like they say right hindsight mm-hmm. is 2020 uh this is me saying that thank god at every point in time i was conscious of what i was doing why i was doing what i was doing and and why were the results happening and there was and and i was i was not doing it because i was i i needed to do it for the future i was doing it because i guess partly that's how i was and partly the roles that i had gotten 
into the challenges that I was thrown at in my previous roles, my last one particularly at Mahindra in India, mm-hmm. needed me to be that guy. And I thought that because I did that well, I was able to come out of the situations that I found myself. First, finding that role in civil. Mm-hmm. And I did allude to that a little bit that I moved from real estate to mobility tech. Mm-hmm. And then I got a contractual opportunity into e-commerce. So mobility tech to e-commerce and then back into infrastructure, uh, real estate, etc. But in a consulting space. So then moving from e-commerce into consulting. And one of the things that I realized is I was able to be that mobile in my career because I knew what was working for me. And I was focusing on those skills rather than broader experiences. I didn't, I was not looking at my career and my roles as simply the roles that I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was looking at what value I was able to add because of what skills, because of what work, what activities I was doing. And that translated into my ability to speak to connect with different individuals and get those openings for me when the going went bad absolutely so um on the front of self-awareness actually you know uh, what i've witnessed firsthand is that most leaders or rather at least some leaders uh definitely lack self-awareness so i myself think on this quite a few times is it that it do the thing that they are perfect uh and hence you know they lack the humility to improve or is it that probably they just can't take the feedback because probably they don't listen? So what is what do you feel on this? Look, I have honestly been very, very fortunate to work with leaders who've always been open to feedback, always been open to getting an alternative view. But I've also come across leaders. I've also been exposed to leaders who are of the kind that you mentioned, uh, who've probably gotten there by dint of habit, I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point in time, they they were open to feedback and they got their model right. And once they got their model right, and once they started getting the results of that right model, they decided that that's the only model that works. So mm-hmm. I... I'd like to think it's a sum total of the journeys of these leaders and how they've modeled their leadership or who they have modeled their leaderships on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's therefore a combination of those circumstances of the leader's own life experiences, professional experiences, et cetera. Because I refuse to believe that a leader who's actually gone through both ups and downs mm-hmm. can still determine to be to be close to alternative views and feedbacks and suggestions. People who've perhaps only tasted enormous amounts of success or relative amounts of success for extended periods of time and have not been through challenging situations might be able to afford that kind of an attitude. But I I wonder how anyone who's been through the cycles of life, so to speak, can afford to not take feedback. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so actually in your second point is quite, that's a, you know, natural translation to this. It's about don't lose hope when the going gets tough. Uh, and I've personally been trying to convince a lot of people that you can't succeed if you don't fail, especially the young, the younger generation. 
Uh, mm. You know, I mean, if you don't try something new, you just never ever will fail. So uh, you've got right. to try to get out of your comfort zone. So how critical uh, is getting out of your comfort zone, especially in leadership, like the way you mentioned with the Mahindras also that you're doing so well, as well as from a mental wellness perspective? Right. No, I think it's, I think it's very important. Let's, let's really put it out there. It's once, I mean, at least as an individual, what I've found is once I get super comfortable into something, Mm-hmm. I I have seen my natural, uh, you know, desire, my natural drive to to excel and extend my boundaries start drying out bit by bit over a period of time, mm-hmm. and therefore, for me, both from a perspective of growing in my career as well as simply remaining interested in what I'm doing. For me, it's important that I get something new out of what I'm doing periodically, regularly, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we go along. And therefore, uh, as far as I am concerned, it's it's been super important that I try new things. And if you look at how my career has played out, I've I've never sort of feared trying the unknown, going into completely new arenas, especially at times when I felt super comfortable. Um, the Mahindra decision, contrary to what it might look from outside, it was actually not very difficult. When this, when it happened, of course, emotionally, I was super attached. I still am. I recently went back to Bombay for a personal do, and I spent the first half of the day going back to Mahindra Tars, meeting all my, you know, the the, the people I'd worked with for so long, my ex-leaders, etc. And it never felt like, it, it, it felt like I'd never gone. I had lunch with them. They invited me over for tea, etc. and so on and so forth. But the fact is, when the opportunity came, I actually felt excited. True. It didn't feel like, oh, sh- sh- mm-hmm. how am I going to lose this? You know, I, I don't, I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm so well entrained. I'm, so, I'm doing so well. I looked at it as a, as an opportunity to get a new thrill. That hey, just imagine you know, this new city, brand new city, brand new life. Let's explore this. How wonderful would it be if we were able to make it? And I think that's really the starting point. You start by thinking, how wonderful would it be if we were to make it? And if that sense of thrill is big enough, and if the reasons why you're doing it are strong enough, then I believe a few failures along the road will not be enough to dissuade you from that path. But having that sense of adventure defines me, defines who I am. And I, you know, if, if anyone benefits from it, I'd strongly recommend that if in their career, somebody is beginning to feel really comfortable, if they feel that most of their job's getting done on autopilot, it's time to look for a new challenge, either within the firm or outside if within the firm is not an option. Great. Actually, this uh, I just wanted to mention an anecdote for myself as well. So it was in 2011 that I was working with IBM, like just like you mentioned, right? Everything is set uh, sort of autopilot mode, although I was in sales, but numbers were happening. And then the option in Dubai came up. And to be honest, even it was actually reversed in my case. Uh, I think the excitement was more from my wife's perspective. She was the one who wanted to try something new. And mm-hmm. I genuinely feel, uh, since we're on a wellness episode especially, that I genuinely feel that in my mindset, I was one of those people that 
I would prefer to be in my comfort zone. And okay. that's when she sort of pushed me initially. And then once I made the decision, uh, you know, that let's just do it. And then we went to Dubai. After that, I think I have enjoyed being out of my comfort zone. So, for example, in 2017, when the time came that we okay. decided that let's come back and then let's mm -hmm. start our startups. So, mm -hmm. and I think, I mean, that's a beautiful point you mentioned. I mean, you have to actually, you know, get that thrill. Unless that happens, there's going to be a issue. Yeah, absolutely. No, congratulations on 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 that journey. I mean, uh, and, and I completely yeah. agree with you. The first couple of times you go out of your comfort zone, you really feel like, like, like a fish out of water. But once you get that, it's a new muscle, isn't it? And exactly. it's, I think it's a very powerful muscle because if you've mastered that, if you've mastered surviving outside of your comfort zone, exactly, it's a life skill. It's, I'm not talking career anymore. I'm talking life because then what can shake you? Uh, I mean, at best, you can be outside of your comfort zone, but you figured that out. You you figured what your nervous system triggers will be when you are outside your comfort zone. So you'll always find a way to chart yourself back to somewhat of comfort, going around whatever hurdles come along your way. So uh, for me, it's there's there's no bigger thrill than figuring things out. And when I look back, I say. I came here May. It's almost been seven months now. It, in fact, has been seven months now, right. or eight months now, actually. And I finally think that okay, we figured it out. We're all right. True. We're all right. Yeah. So uh, tough times, but when they get over, the sense of satisfaction that you get out of all this is also enormous. Absolutely. Absolutely. That we've done it. Yeah. The third point you mentioned, of course, was around networking. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's perhaps the most undervalued tip towards success. Uh, and since you've yeah. now seen the power of networking, would you like to share yeah. something on that? Absolutely. I think, no, absolutely. 100%. It's the most undervalued ingredient to success. I haven't seen, and I really mean it, I haven't seen one really successful individual and that individual could I'm, I'm not even not just talking about individual from a sense of professionals professionals of course but even outside i haven't seen one really successful individual who doesn't network effectively but before i sort of elaborate on that point i'd just like to define networking as i see it because there is sometimes a little bit of sneer towards the word network especially among the p-school janta <laughs> where in networking and and you you smug because you know what I'm talking about. Correct. Networking sometimes is seen as as this pseudo DCP, right? Desperate right. class party, participation that you're yes. doing it for the heck of doing it. Hmm. If you're doing it that way, then it will never pay off because the person whom you are networking will will figure it out. Hmm. Let's look at networking from the purest sense. That you networking so that you can build another node of relationship that you can then connect someone else with or something else with at some point in time in the future. That's mm -hmm. the classical physical definition of a network. Think of an electrical network, of a, of, of, of a railway network, of a telecom network, right? Mm -hmm. That's what a network is. Mm -hmm. And that's the physical definition of a network. Now, I was exposed to the practice of networking very early in my life mm -hmm. by looking at my father. Okay. And what do I mean by that? Very young 
in my life i recognize that on every sort of festival new year diwali holi etc etc i'd see my father pick out his phone pick out his diary and call numbers from that diary and these numbers belong to his you know ex colleagues his earlier bosses his mentors seniors from his college classmates and he would do that religiously he'd he'd block out time and he would do that and i saw him do that over and over and over and over again through the years and i realized that he was getting value out of it because when he needed to speak with someone and seek advice and he reached out to that individual that individual never felt that he was reaching out to them only for that because that individual also remembered that here is this gentleman who had also called me on also messaged me or also spoken to me and wished me new year wished me birthday whatever it might have been true and that stayed with me and i said this is fantastic so every new year every diwali every holi every festival i really try and make it a point to reach out to as many people as i possibly can from my previous experiences from my school from my college from you know beat my professors beat ex bosses ex colleagues etc i try and do do that to the extent possible and thanks to you know linkedin and whatsapp and all of these it just becomes so much easier now you don't really need to call somebody just a message is good enough and then you exchange a few other things how is it been what's going on what's new so on so forth and i wasn't doing it for an end goal i was doing it because i had just learned it that this is what you do and mm-hmm. so i was doing it but then when i lost my job here in dubai when civil fired me i said okay what do i need to do i need to reach out to people and i need to seek help and i reached out to people on linkedin and i found that i had you know on several locations i had four five scrolls of messages with these people in the past and so mm-hmm. i did not feel awkward reaching out to them only for help and i thought they didn't feel that i was i was you know trying to use that relationship only for this and and perhaps they also felt a little bit more comfortable trying and helping me and guess what when i did that i found people were much more open to helping me than they would have perhaps been otherwise mm-hmm. and i got so many really high quality conversations at least that kept me going during those tough times because when you don't have a job when you don't know when your next paycheck is coming from mm-hmm. a good conversation with somebody who can potentially offer you a role gets you through a week because you're preparing for that conversation you're looking that company up you're mentally telling yourself that hey this is going to be great what is the role that i'm going to do what is the value that i'm going to add one conversation mm-hmm. is a week and look i have a background in sales you said you've done sales so you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. you plan your week you plan your calls you plan your schedules and i had a planner myself i said i want two conversations a week i looked mm-hmm. at it like sales i want two conversations a week as long as i'm getting two conversations a week that's okay over a period of four or five weeks i would have had 10 conversations i am likely to convert 10% i was doing it like i was you know doing sales strategy back you know mm-hmm. in my career earlier and i was using those models and that worked koshik mm-hmm. that's exactly what worked Yeah. so it's all boiled down to the fact that i had spoken to these people and that speaking with a genuine intention 
eventually is what networking is about true and in fact i mean excellent point so i'll just add on from my perspective is that uh, i'm a by the way i'm a hardcore introvert which is something okay. that people are really astonished with but yes so uh, i i wouldn't have known unless you would have told me and which only meant which only means that you would have had to put enormous amount of work and i let me ask you this question if you're not uncomfortable are you doing this because you're training yourself no i'm in the actually, sense yeah uh, this this podcast etc is it did you start this as a way of training yourself to be a little bit extrovert or is it is it a passion project and you'd already figured it out to be honest uh, <laughs> it's actually there's a story to this as well uh, so i basically exited my first startup uh, the second one was basically my wife's baby it was around salon business and all so i had helped her there we had franchised it and then after a while it was like i didn't so I, she was basically driving that business Mm-hmm. and then i was you know sort of at home and i'm like okay now what do i do next you know what is the next mm-hmm. interesting thing i can do and that's when she pointed mm-hmm. out that you know i i'm a big fan of gary v so okay. when i so when he mentioned he said why don't you just do podcasting because you will get such um, so just do it for the fun of it so the first five right. episodes was something where i started talking and mm-hmm. then i frankly felt that it was a very nice way so i love writing as well so that's how i started right. off and in fact uh the podcast itself so after the first five episodes i started interviewing people like some of my mentors seniors initially and then of course mm-hmm. now it's gone uh, way better than i ever imagined but i think it's primarily the learning the growth the discussions that you get uh, right it widens your horizons completely so i'm not here to monetize it uh it's completely on a you know just the knowledge and learning base but definitely more. definitely one of the best things around it is that you get the power of networking so sure that especially with introverts what happens is that we prefer one to one discussions or maybe very small groups mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the biggest i think the hindrance that i had initially in my career when it came to networking was that you go into an event and there are like 35 40 people sitting there and you have to go and talk right. to all 40 of them at the same time Right. Having said that, I have been I have presented multiple times uh, right from college days, but I am very good at that as well. I enjoy being on stage, but when it comes to the actual networking, you don't. Right. I don't like being in a group where there are fifteen of us and I'm right. You know, talking away. So right. Precisely coming back to your point on you know the power of networking, it is that you should not have that intent that yes, I will definitely need this person later, but is that you like Correct. talking? So for example, like with you, right? So we just. instantly connected and that's how the entire conversation started it's not like it's you know it's a pain or a target or an achievement for either of us and if it's a forced conversation what i've realized is very soon both parties realize it's not working true true people are smart people have the sixth sense about when they connect and when they are unable to connect so a forced networking doesn't work although i must you know admit that in consulting sometimes you're forced to do that you need to do that it's part of the job and mm-hmm. you realize that it's 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 a little bit of a challenge it's a little bit of a you know of a heavy cross to bear if you will to just do it for the heck of doing it if you're unable to connect and one mm-hmm. of the ways of connecting more with people is by opening yourself up to different ideas reading a lot more traveling basically 
what are you doing when you're networking is connecting dots. If you have more dots, you can connect more. And therefore, how do you build more dots? You build more dots by A, of course, by sheer number of people that you speak with. That's one end, but also travel, reading, watching interesting stuff, and so on, so forth. So it's it's about essentially like how many megapixels is your photograph? The more pixels, the more dots your photographs got, the deeper is that sense of connection that you've got with that, with, yeah. with, with that. And therefore, you can connect with more people. So yeah, it just joins all of that. I think very nicely put. Completely shows the consultant in you. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> life experiences, I'd say. Exactly. Honestly. Yeah, excellent. So I think the final one that you had there was uh, to put well-being first. And it's yeah. it, it resonated instantly with me because that is actually my new year resolution as well. And I've been working on that. So what made you realize this? You know, I mean, uh, especially around well, that. Um, I think I've started putting well-being first since my son was born a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He was born on the 11th of August, 2020. And I distinctly remember that was the day India recorded about 70,000 new COVID-19 cases. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much the peak of wave one. Mm-hmm. It was a miracle that my son was born without any incidents. We were in Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, half of the society, the housing society that we were staying in, half the buildings were under quarantine at that point in time. Half the floors in the buildings were under quarantine at that point in time, rather. And so we had nothing more important in our lives at that point in time than just ensuring that my wife and my son came back home safely without contracting the disease. Mm-hmm. And that intense experience of a few months around you know, July to September of 2020 told me that nothing else matters mm. because I was literally not thinking about anything else. I still remember uh, I was in real estate and we were planning this absolutely brand new approach of going to market. I had really worked very hard on it for three or four months. But when we realized that we needed, you know, that the baby would be delivered within the next few hours and I had to chop everything and take paternity break, I remember not winking an eyelid. I just mm-hmm. dialed up my chief of sales and I told him that this is the situation I need to take a break. And the break was going to be the entire duration of the paternity break that Mahindra afforded to us, which was very generous by Indian standard at that point in time. And in fact, if you go back my, if you go back my LinkedIn uh, 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 feed, you'll see that I've actually written a note on that. And I think that's when I started really talking about wellness. That was really the first time I started talking about wellness, honestly. And then since then, I've actually talked about wellness here, you know, every now and then. But that was the pivotal moment in my life that I realized that being with the family, taking care of yourself, taking care of the family, the care of the family was the most important thing. And that, while that did not mean that I was less committed to work, but I refused to put anything else first anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Doing that for about two and a half years now, I can look back and tell you that I've not lost anything. Okay. I got a well-deserved promotion. I delivered great stuff. I came here. I made my roles. I'm back in consulting. I'm working long hours. But 
somehow I'm able to find that harmony between work and life because I'm putting wellness first and I'm making time for things that matter. I ensure that I spend time with my wife, my child, he's a very active baby touch mode, loves going out, you know, in the garden, having new experiences, taking breaks. So uh, if I didn't put that first, I would probably not do half the things that I do. But I'm consciously putting wellness first and I'm consciously building my 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 week around wellness. And mm. it's actually helped me feel a lot better about myself. I, I don't feel burnt out. So Absolutely. that's really the end object, you know, the end result of what started two and a half years ago. Absolutely great. I mean, I, even I have personally seen because uh, at least in India, you know, the mindset is that uh, if you're not at work till about 9 p.m., then, you know, there's not hap- enough work happening. But I, th- from personal experience, again, what I have seen is that I personally prefer to go in in the morning and finish my work and get out. Because then you know that you have that time period in which you have to finish all your work, you have to wrap it up, get everything done. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you will not do it once you're back if there's something, obviously, you're talking to someone or something. Absolutely. No, but, so, I, I, you know, I completely agree about this misplaced notion among a large section of Indian professional workers about productivity is you know productivity being equal to being seen in office for late hours right but thankfully i've you know been exposed to cultures of such high quality in my professional experience that have never value valued uh, you know the valued the professional contributions of an individual on the basis of how long that individual stayed at work. Case in point, I thought Mahindra's culture was stellar for the simple reason that the boss could on most occasions, if need be, be the last person to leave and the others wouldn't look at the boss's cabin to see whether they were free to leave. Mm. If they wanted to leave, they'd leave, which is fantastic, which is exactly the culture that you want to build. And I saw that experience that firsthand at Mahindra. And so kudos to the leadership for having built that. And I think that stayed with me. And that got mm-hmm. normalized because when you see everyone doing that, you see that that's, you know, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And then the other firm that I've seen this happening very, very regularly is where my wife's been with for, like I said, almost 10 years now before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So she's been with Johnson & Johnson for more than 10 years if we count her internship period as well. And... Um, I've seen her, you know, her and her colleagues put wellness first and how. Uh, and and I think those positive exposures, experiences have, have sort of carved out my own leadership style. And I ensure, I make it a point that people do what they think is the best when it comes to time management. And I think that is what work-life harmony is all about. I worked with a colleague for a long period of time at Mahindra who'd leave at 5 p.m. every evening because they had a young child back at home to take care of and they they had daycare that only lasted till 5. Mm. But this colleague never missed a deadline, never let anybody else down. You always got what you needed to get from that colleague if, if that colleague made that promise 
because they would go home early, spend that time, and then if need be, log in later, and everyone around them was fine because they realized that they are investing in harmony. Exactly. It did not matter if they stayed in office till eight or if they left at five. Mm-hmm. And with Bombay traffic, I can't imagine why people would still want to leave at seven if they can potentially leave at four, four thirty, get home in half the time, and then probably reinvest the same time in work. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's a question of I think two or three things. One is those, like I said, the positive exposures. If mm-hmm. somebody at you know the onset of their careers listening to this po- podcast, I'd strongly urge them to have that conversation with their managers and figure it out with their leaders and figure it out what does harmony mean to them and then find their own model. I know so many successful consultants who take out a couple of hours every evening, hit the gym, do their you know workout of the day and then go back and get back at their slides and get back at their presentations and that works fine for them. So whatever's the model that works best. But yeah, you've got to figure that out. True. Very true. So, uh, what are your mantras? I mean, how do you maintain your mental wellness? Um, I maintain my mental wellness around my family. Honestly mm-hmm. speaking, I wish I had more mantras, but <laughs> I like being with my family. I just like spending time with my wife, my kid, with, you know, whenever my parents are visiting, my in-laws are visiting, then I, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been years I've you know, believe it or not, I've taken three or four vacations a year. Mm-hmm. And the best part is I work with leaders who have not sneered at me for that because, you know what, I had 22 leaves and there were years I, you know, consistently used 16 plus leaves in that year. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have not lost out anything in my career because I was taking leaves. But you've got to plan those things. Mm-hmm. I I realize that I feel I start feeling burnt out at the end of three or four rigorous months. So I plan ahead. So right now, the conversation that me and my wife are having is about vac- a vacation possibly in March, possibly one in, in August, and then another one at the end of the year. And I have those conversations early in the year. That does two things for me. A, I can travel cheap. Mm-hmm. How else would you travel thrice a year if you don't plan ahead? And B, it gives you a sense of excitement to look forward to greater things in life in case work isn't going as planned. And look, let's face it, work doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes it can get really, you know, it can it can it can get really, uh, you know, yeah, really busy. It can get a little boring. True. It can it can stop being exciting. But then you need those, you know, releases, right? And just mm-hmm. looking forward to a break two months down gives you that release. That okay, fine, never mind. So we've, I've always done that, and credit where it's due, I might not have been that person, but my wife was, and that that energy is infectious. Once you start doing that, you know, right. you can't go back. And then you say, okay, what am I going to do this year? <laughs> oh, last year I did these three things, and you mix this up. You do one sort of urban holiday. You do one. Uh, where you trek around a little bit, you do one way, you're one with nature, etc. Mm-hmm. And while on that subject, I I just got back from a nine-day break in South Africa. We spent about three days in the Kruger National Park. Wow. We spent about three days in Cape Town. Fantastic break. And mm-hmm. you know, when did we plan those that break? Uh, this is where it really helps. We planned that break when I did not have a job. Because mm-hmm. we knew 
that some point in time I'll get a job, but all of the stress needs to be de-stressed, and therefore we need a break at the end of December. Right. And we planned that break with a couple of other mates from IMB, and it was the best holiday we've had in a long, long time coming as it did after two years, two long years of being homebound because of mm-hmm. COVID and everything else. True. So you have no That's idea. Really my model. You have no idea how many similarities we just have uh, discovered, really? right? <laughs> okay. So I was in between. Okay. I was in between startups, and uh, in September ends. That was when our anniversary was, and exactly the same rationale we had. We went off for a ten day break by car on the road, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. similar to your previous uh, thing that you're discussing about number of holidays, uh, even in like when we were in Dubai, especially. So I think you're in the right place because there the culture Correct. is, I think, very different. I mean, absolutely, Mahindra's would be the exception. But from the general Indian mindset, I think in Dubai, you have the cross-cultural, you know, where you get to see and feel the different cultures. So I think it's amazing because there we used to take two two vacations for sure in a year. One was back to India and the second was somewhere in the Middle East itself. So we've covered Egypt, Turkey, Jordan. Fantastic places to visit, isn't it? Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, Turkey. I mean, Oman. Oh, what fantastic places to visit. True. So I think absolutely. I mean, travel is something, again, you're absolutely right. So uh, I personally agree on this point completely that you have to plan your travels from before. You'll get great prices. Uh, It's easy to plan out everything, chart out strategies that you have uh, somebody, you know, covering in for your backlog as well, whatever. Correct. Absolutely. And more than anything else, your your workplace deserves it as well, right? They need to know that you're going to be off. And if they know it one month in advance, that's great because they can plan activities around it. If you're in a client-facing role like I am presently, your client deserves to know it. You mm-hmm. can't drop in a bombshell one week in advance and then hope that everything exactly. will be smooth. And if you do that, on the other flip side is, you would then, if, if you go with a one-week notice, you are likely to be on the phone all the time, even on holiday. If mm-hmm. you go in with a one-month notice, you're likely to not look at your phone when you're on a holiday. Simple as that. Very true. I mean, it's as uh, so for me, I you know it might sound like great idea, very strategic, but I I think in hindsight I do it to serve my self interest. That when on a holiday I don't like to work. Simple. True. True. Fantastic. So my last question for you is that if you could go back in time, what advice would you give the twenty year old Tamudi? Hard to say. I looked at that question when you <laughs> sent it to me five minutes before the chat. And it's not like I haven't thought about it in the past. I've read many interviews where leaders really, you know, come up with great answers. But it's hard to say, really hard to say. I have learned things by, you know, some people learn by doing, other people learn by observing, <laughs> some people learn by reading. Unfortunately, I think I am of the first kind and I, I learn best when I'm learning by doing. And I think my journey has been the journey because of everything that I've done, everything that I've achieved and everything that I've failed at. And I've failed at so many things. True. I mean, one way of looking at it is I wish I had not failed at so many things and I wished I had focused on X and focused on Y. But then maybe if I had done something right the first time, the second thing that I did right might not have happened because I did the second thing right because I failed the first time around and the fire in my belly just kept me going and I got to that second point. So... I I do not think I would have done many things different because that's who I am. Unless I'm talking about changing myself completely as an individual, I love to play on my instincts. I love to take chances. I love to 
you know look at opportunities and challenges as adventures and then get on with them so i do not think i would have played it out any differently and probably if we had more time i would have talked to you about the arc of my career mm-hmm. but i started off working at a pit head power plant in the heartland of chatisgarh where the nearest town nearest railway station was 45 kilometers away oh that's where the start of my career was mm-hmm. and i loved that journey as well i had the best of my friends there i still have a gang of friends that i can completely relate to completely <laughs> fall back on from that job stint in chatisgarh and here i am in dubai so i don't think i would have i i don't know i would i change anything i don't know perhaps not. i don't know <laughs> hard mm. to say no no excellent i think uh, it was uh, unfortunately we have run out of time but i would have loved i mean maybe we'll even have a follow on episode on this because uh, i think wellness is something and that was one of the main reasons that i wanted to dedicate seasons 10 and 11 for this uh, i think wellness is something that is supposed to be or should be very high on anybody's list but i think unfortunately it's been ignored so i think this year though i've seen a lot of uh, traction around it i think uh, tons of people are talking about mental wellness uh, so that's one of the reasons i really loved your post and i wanted to host you thank you so much for the opportunity i'm i'm really glad you're doing this because some you know how i benefited from it is again it's a moment of reflection when you ask those pointed questions in the manner that you did it triggered reflection and reflection can never go wasted so sure. thank you for giving me the opportunity and thanks for talking about wellness i think in a world where 10000 people lose their jobs in a wink of an eye without knowing it yesterday the world needs to talk more about wellness it's very very it's a very tough time at the moment it's a very tough situation out there in the professional world at the moment the number of people that reached out to me after that post that you that you mentioned that that triggered this conversation is quite unbelievable people that i had never heard from before people that you know i had in my network but they hadn't connected me connected with me before it's it just you know it just told me that so many more people need to feel connected need to feel hope than anything else and i'm so glad that you're doing this so thank you and congratulations for doing this project thank you so much tamojit for being a part of the show as well uh, really appreciate your candid inputs and look forward to having you soon thanks thanks again koshik you have a good thanks. weekend Bye. you too hope you enjoyed the episode if you wish to collaborate you can reach out to me on linkedin.com/in/koshik-boss